is Tamarindo Podcast. I'm Brenda Gonzalez. And I'm Ana Sheila Victorino. This is the Latinx Podcast where we discuss politics, pop culture, and how to balance it all con calma. Welcome to the show. Hello, Tamarindo Amiguis. Welcome back. Hola, ¿cómo están? ¿Cómo estás, Brenda? How are you? I'm pretty good. Just did a seven mile hike yesterday on the first day of spring. It's phenomenal. But uh, before we do all that, I do want to make sure that we acknowledge the recent rise. I mean, it's not recent. It's been a whole year rise of violence and racism against Asian members of our community, but most pronounced in a mass murder that happened recently. And we just, we want to make sure that we acknowledge that. Yeah. And, you know, really basura to, to white supremacy and, and how we see it in the treatment of these terrorist attacks and, and the framing of the stories around them. You know, it was yeah. really disheartening to see how, you know, as the sheriff was describing what had happened, he said something along the lines of, he just had a really bad day and this is what he did. And uh, I read a, a tweet that really captured this, this sentiment It says, don't tell me white supremacy doesn't exist when the cops work as executioners for one population and PR managers for another. Right. Exactly. It is a it's a basura to white supremacy and and all the racism that's happening and the violence. So we definitely we wanted to make sure we acknowledge that. But um, shifting now, uh, how are you doing, Anna Sheila? I'm doing I'm doing overall really great, pero I am sleeping a little bit less because we have been fostering a puppy. And man, I feel like it is like your first. It's it, like a baby. It's, it's like a baby, <laughs> except, you know, like <laughs> maybe it's a little less scary. Right. But yeah, it, like you do have to get up in the middle of the night. And I mean, mostly my partner has been doing that, but I've been, you know, being woken up as as well. So I really feel like, oh, my God, this is I'm getting a little taste of of what it's, of what it's like, but the puppy is very cute and it's definitely a good growing and learning experience for us. <laughs> I love it. Well, um, today is a very special time for Tamarindo. Do you know why it's special, Ana Sheila? Yes, I do because I am a good partner and I remember my anniversaries, but <laughs> yes, <laughs> but yes, this, this month marks two years of Tamarindo as Brenda and Ana Sheila. So yeah, matraca to us. Yes. Back to us. Yes. And I know longtime listeners of the show uh, might also know that this is our f- five years of Tamarindo, five years of Tamarindo, but two years with Anna Sheila. And it's been phenomenal, as you all know, as a testament of just the recognition that we've received since Anna Sheila's joined the team. And of course, I think a big part of that is because Anna Sheila, you've brought in the calma component. And for our new listeners, can you uh, remind folks what we mean when we say calma? Yes. So for us, we believe that self-care, self-love and, you know, seeking your, your fulfillment and potential is critically important so that we can be the best versions of ourselves for, for ourselves, obviously, but also for our community and so that we can have the type of impact we're really meant to and, and be advocates for, for our community as well. Yeah. And of course, if you've been loving what you're hearing on Tamarindo, if you want to join in and celebrate this important time for us, we are asking you to please consider giving five, 10, 
$20, whatever you feel comfortable giving to celebrate this important occasion for us. And you could do that at tamarindopodcast.com, which is our website. And you'll see at the top, it says support. So if you click there, there's so many different ways that you could support us. As you hear us tell you all the time about writing a review and all these other things. But today, we really hope that you're able to kick in a little bit of money, maybe five bucks. That's very doable to help us celebrate five years of Tamarindo, two years with Ana Sheila and just all the great things that we are up to. Yes, we would love that. And especially because I, y'all, my birthday was in December and I didn't get to celebrate it because of COVID, obvio. And so instead, I really want to celebrate this birthday. So hit us with that love. And I also want to share, you know, it's important that none of our episodes are, are be behind a paywall and that we build community with y'all for free or low cost events. So we're really grateful So all of you that have contributed in whatever way feels meaningful to you, it really means a lot to us. And um, speaking of Calma, this episode's Calma Calma is all about owning the power of our voice and really stepping into our our visibility. So stick around for that. Yes. And I mean, I think it's really cool that we're using this uh, this two-year anniversary episode to talk about owning the power of your voice, because really, Anna Sheila, you've modeled that completely, as you'll share in a moment, in a little bit, a couple of sections later of this podcast, how speaking is not always something that's very natural or, 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 or easy for you. Mm-hmm. And look at you, two years of podcasting, recognized by Oprah Magazine, recognized by CNN. You're kicking ass. Yes. Oh, my God. I felt the chills from that. Gracias. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, before we get to that, we are going to first get to hear from Raquel Berrios, who is one half of the music duo Buscabuya, which, by the way, I love the name and you'll hear what it means, which she leads with her husband, Luis Alfredo del Valle. Raquel and Luis met in New York and formed the indie pop duo, which features colorful synth pop sounds elevated by the pair's melodic harmonies. To me, it sounds like tropical music from the future, except for we're listening to it now. It has me longing for this summer. I'm already ready for this summer. I know we just ha- we just kicked off spring, <laughs> but I am on that beach. I, I know all of you like this is the summer, right? Oh, my goodness. Well, OK, shortly after Hurricane Maria, Raquel and Luis left New York and moved to Puerto Rico, which is the place where they were born. We'll talk to Raquel about Buscabuya's new album, which is called Regresa, which was inspired, obviously, by the return home. We'll talk a bit about Puerto Rico, and I want to recommend to listeners to check out Futuro Media's new podcast. It's called La Brega to gain a deeper understanding of all the historical forces that influence conditions in Puerto Rico today. I've been listening to this podcast in Spanish, which is really nice because I can uh, hear that Puerto Rican Spanish. It's a little different than what I'm used to here in Los Angeles, but it's also every episodes available in English and I just can't recommend it enough as it is a really great place to just really understand that relationship that we have the U.S. and Puerto Rico and there's a lot rich and nuanced history and La Brega does it really so well. Now, um, speaking of Regresa, Ana Sheila, um, I know that you're, you're maybe coming close to the end of your time regresando to Mexico. Can you tell us a little bit about what it's been like to return to the place where you were born? Yeah. So listening to this interview with Raquel, it, I really resonated with it because similar to them, I really felt this longing in my heart to come back. And it's something that I've felt for a long time. I almost had an opportunity to do so like over 10 years ago. It didn't work out. And then after that, I sort of como left it, you know? And then the call just kept getting louder and louder, especially after my dad passed, really to come back and como like reconnect with with him through being here. He was very Mexican and he was from Mexico City to reconnect with my ancestors, really learn more about myself and um, I feel like when you when you go on vacation and things, when you go on short vacations, you can't really 
really connect with the with the culture and you also can't really contribute as much, you know, yes, you contribute to the economy by spending your money, but it's, it's kind of superficial in a way. So I wanted to come back here and connect in a a more meaningful way. And it's been so powerful for me. It's been so powerful for me. And, you know, I didn't come here to, to, to Mexico to, to party or nada de eso, verdad? It was, it's it's been much more meaningful. And and we also came after um, recovering from COVID. So I felt like a little more safe in, in coming here. But yeah, actually yesterday I was, and we're in Coyacan. And if, if y'all are not familiar with Coyacan, it's, it's a neighborhood just outside of Mexico city where, where Frida Kahlo was born and where she spent a lot of her life. And yesterday I was over breakfast with, with my girlfriend. We, we were just reflecting on, on her life and it's so weird. It's going to sound weird, but I actually, um, grieved for her in, in the, for the first time. Like I actually for cried Frida? for Frida, for Frida Kahlo. Yeah. It's like, I was yeah. just grieving for, for her life, for her pain. And, and also just sort of in gratitude for the legacy that she left for, for women, you know, for the feminist movement, for LGBT, the LGBTQ community, just giving us representation. And even in her art by showing us the power of vulnerability, you know, because she really portrayed pain through, through her art in a way that, that, you know, we hadn't, really seen. So I was really just sort of como thanking her, you know, cause you sort of take her for granted because you see her all over the place, but I really let myself feel like what she has done for us. And it's, and it's also been really powerful to, to be here during, you know, during, um, este women's history month and seeing what, what women are doing here to, to fight against este feminicidio feminist side here in, in, in Mexico. And it's been even, even in our neighborhood on the streets, instead of the street names, They've replaced the names of the streets with names of, of powerful women. And then there's a little hashtag that says La Calle es Nuestra, you know, really taking back our, our streets and, and our power and, and our, our right to be safe walking the streets, you know? So it's been yeah, really powerful. Very timely. And it, and, and the, you know, the concept of space, because yes, I think Frida, Frida is all over the place, but I'm sure there's something powerful and magnificent that happens to really literally being in the place where she was once, right? Where, where she lived. I'm very happy that you were able to experience all that. Obviously even raising a puppy there. Mm -hmm. I think you're, you're, you're really soaking it all in. And I think it's, it is very powerful what's happening in Mexico and, and, and all over Latin America to stand up to femicide and to also recognize that this is a global problem as, as what happened not too long ago with the women that were murdered by a massive shooting in the United States. So femicide is a global problem. Right. And as we're closing in on Women's History Month, at least Santa Marina, if you all follow all of our, our socials, it's been really a, a tone of, yes, let's mark and celebrate the progress and, and wonderful women that we know and love and respect. But also let's never forget how much work is still left to do to underscore what you just said, that we want to be able to be safe in Las Calles wherever we are. Yeah, I wanted to say that I, I also want to recognize the privilege that that me and my girlfriend have in being able to to come here and also decide to come back if we want to, you know, and, and the sacrifice that my my mom and my parents took to be able to to allow us that that opportunity to be able to do that. And I know that's not, that's not the case for a lot of people. So being really conscious of that and also conscious of like how I'm taking up space here, you know, and and I think this is maybe a topic to come back to, but you know. We can never just do one thing. So thinking about what it means to take up space somewhere in, in migrating and, um, you know, gentrification and, and, and todo eso. So 
I just wanted to acknowledge that as well. Definitely. Great. Um, so again, we're going to hear from Raquel Berrios, who in many ways, like as you share, there's lots of similarities to this concept of just being called home. So we're going to hear all about their beautiful music, Buscabulla, and their album Regresa. So after a very brief, tiny, teeny break, we're going to hear from Raquel Berrios. being here on Tamarindo. It's very great to have you. Yay, thank you for having me. I'm excited. Uh, can you tell our listeners a little bit about the name Buscabulla and how y'all got started? Yeah, sure. Buscabulla is a slang term, street, street talk here in Puerto Rico. It's sort of a something that we use a lot when, you know, when somebody's uh, a troublemaker or somebody's just not uh, a good influence. <laughs> and, um, but uh, I thought that it was kind of a cool name because it reminded me of Puerto Rico. And, and I think there's a lot of that essence in what we do. Um, there's sort of a, a spirit of kind of like, a, I don't know, trying to make something new with music. And maybe there is something kind of, uh, you know, like buscabulla about it, like kind of like looking for, you know, putting two opposites together and stuff like that, you know, like more of a, yeah, I would, I would maybe describe it that way, but, um, we're from Puerto Rico originally, but we, uh, Luis and I lived in New York city for 10 years and, um, the band pretty much started there when we were there, Puerto Ricans, you know, we gravitate towards each other in big cities and, um, and the band started around 2012 and then in, in put a couple of EPs out. And then in 2018, we decided to move back home. We have a, a six-year-old daughter and, and now, but, and it seemed like a good, like a good move. So, um, and we put out a record, our first record, Regresa, um, last May in 2020, in the middle of the pandemic. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Well, um, th that name is so perfect because I think because of this pandemic, um, a lot of folks have been evaluating their priorities and thinking about what home means. So this idea of, you know, regresa, of coming back home, I think is, um, is so timely. And I love, I love your sound. I think it's just so, it's like future music, but we're doing it now, right? <laughs> it's a, that's what, that's, that's what it sounds like to me. And I want to talk a little bit bit about some of the the tracks uh, in this new album so uh, let's talk about no te equivoques first uh, the sound right now i mean we're hopefully turning making you know turning the corner on this pandemic and a lot of us are thinking about the summer and to me this um, nte is a perfect poolside carefree vibe but uh but then you think about the name you know no te equivoques is really anything but carefree can you tell us a little bit about this track yeah, I say NT is kind of the sassy track. I mean, Mio, the Mio is also a sassy track, but um, Nothing Evocus is sort of about, you know, uh, really trying to transcend kind of what other people, what other people's narrative is of you, you know, and also kind of um, when, when we moved back to Puerto Rico, so many people told us not to do it. And, um, you know, as artists and, uh, as Puerto Ricans, we kind of felt like uh, it was the only thing that, that was going to really kind of help us, not only with sort of our family, but also with our, our career. So No Te Equivocas is more kind of this sort of thing, like, don't get it twisted. Um, this is what we're going to do. And then it's also, I think, in a general term, like a song about really reaffirming 
that only you know who you are and that, that people can really kind of get you wrong. So, so I like, I like this track because it's breezy and summery, but the lyrics are very sassy and very much about not having anybody tell me what to do. <laughs> I love that. And, and, um, you started to talk a little bit about me, about Mio, but I do love this feeling that the, the music is very calm and, and kind of puts you in this relaxing setting, but the, the lyrics, the things you're saying might be a little bit more, uh, uh I guess, buscabuya. <laughs> so tell me about, about Mio. Mio is kind of even a deeper track. I mean, I, I, I don't know if it's sassy, but I'm definitely mad. Um, it, it was inspired by a lot of the Guajiras from sort of the old Fania, like salsa era, where uh, most of them usually talked about sort of, you know, you were warning somebody like your enemy about something. And, and Mio is about me reaffirming that my island is mine, you know, and when we came back, we started to see a lot of sort of wealthy people coming to the island, a lot of land grabbing, you know, after Maria, you know, things were so bad that a lot of people came in and uh, wealthy investors, you know, buying land like beachfront. And, you know, the situation is escalating even more now with the pandemic. So Mio is sort of a reaffirmation about me being from here and wanting to defend my island. So it's sassy and it's very deep and it's, that's that's what me is about Lovely again, very timely and urgent. Um, then finally, the last track I want to talk about is um, which again makes me think about the urgency that many of us have to get back on the dance floor, to get moving, to be around strangers safely. I mean, yo estoy que tiembla to get back to dancing. So uh, let's talk a little bit about this track. Yeah, the funny thing about this one is one I had written with my girlfriends like maybe about 10 years ago and sort of as a joke when we were in New York. And we always loved this song because Taquetiembla also means, you know, it's so it's so amazing that, you know, it shivers, you know, it's so like great. And it's a term that we would use a lot amongst us friends. And then we converted it into a song and then. I had to kind of rewrite lyrics for this, for this one. And I thought, well, why don't we make it into some sort of apocalyptic sort of like weird disco track? <laughs> um, 
with definitely with sort of hints at reggaeton and more like urban vibes. Um, and it, the, the funny thing is, is that when it came out, like we had gotten a bunch of earthquakes in January. <laughs> and so the Taketiembla, like it, the meaning of the song became even deeper. And, and I think it just sort of expresses these sort of weird apocalyptic times, you know, in Puerto Rico, as I said, with the hurricanes or earthquake and now the pandemic, but it's a, a song about really sur- surviving and really not, not giving in and just giving it your all, um, to survive in these crazy times and i guess it's sort of like uh you know survive in the in the in the club you know and have fun and have fun till 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 the earth consumes us <laughs> That's what I'm dying to do. Okay, we're going to take a short break and then we'll be right back with you. Are you ready to co-create the world we want to live in? And we recommend you join the community listening to Our Body Politic, a political podcast that's by and for women of color with everyone welcome to join the feast. The show offers a new view of the news, making politics personal with host Farai Shadea a veteran Black woman journalist who has reported all over the U.S. from Standing Rock to Air Force One and covered every presidential election from 1996. Each week, with her passion and decades of experience, Fry gets real with women you need to hear from, like Senator Tammy Duckworth, our new Secretary of the Interior, Deb Holland, Representative Rashida Talib, journalist Amanawas, author N.K. Jansman, and more. So if you want your politics news to lift you up and be useful in your daily life, then listen to Our Body Politic. You can also help them shape the show and the future by sharing your thoughts with them. Subscribe to Our Body Politic wherever you listen to podcasts. Don't feel like sitting in a waiting room right now? Plant Parenthood has got you covered as a leader in using new technologies to provide high quality health care in ways that fit your life. Through Planned Parenthood's virtual appointments, you can get high-quality, affordable care your way by phone or video. Trusted providers will listen, give information, and support you in all of your health care decisions. Planned Parenthood's telehealth appointments are high-quality, affordable, and private, just like in-person visits. Whether you need help with birth control, a prescription refill, or other sexual or reproductive care services, skip the waiting room and get the care you need when you need it. Planned Parenthood takes the stress out of health care and is ready when you are. Check out PlannedParenthood.org forward slash Tamarindo to learn more and book a virtual appointment. That's PlannedParenthood.org forward slash Tamarindo. Let's talk a little bit about Puerto Rico and what drew you to return back home and and what's the experience been like? I mean, uh, I was in New York for 10 years, Lisa and I, and I think that even before our daughter Charlie was born, we kind of already had this longing. I mean, city living is tough. 
and we're like islanders you know we're used to being at the beach every weekend and the nice weather um community all of these things felt sometimes like we really were we were really really longing for that so you know even though like our band uh you know sort of grew in new york city and 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 we found some level of success there we knew that the right thing was to come back home and it was really hard i mean we worked really really hard i mean we had a baby, we had day jobs, we had the band. I mean, it was a hustle. So when we finally were able to make the move, we were just so happy. And, um, and it, and I'm not going to say it was, it was easy. It was a shock. I mean, after you've lived in New York city for 10 years and you come back to the Island an Island that has been through so much, I mean, an economic crisis, a hurricane and all the things that I mentioned before, like it's a very changed place. And, um, but even with the shock and everything, it was cool because we poured all of our emotions into the record, and um, and I and we can't we couldn't be happier really. Like we're so happy we made the move. Like we're really happy here. It's sort of the place where we're supposed to be, you know. That's wonderful. Following your heart and coming home, um, you know. And, and speaking about Puerto Rico, I mean, we are here at Tamarindo. We're two two Mexicanas from LA, um, and I think you know it's a different type of Latinx experience. But I think right now, I mean, since the hurricane and since figures like AOC, you know, Puerto Rico has really risen to national discourse with more frequency. And uh, we follow many Puerto Rican journalists and and many of them um, often say that there's, there's, their voices are often missing from mainstream media. And, and, and when, Puerto Rico is in the news. Um, it's often missing the appropriate context and nuance and reporting on things like statehood or the economy. So now that, you know, Puerto Rico is home again, what do you think is missing from U.S.-based discourse about the island? What would you like to see more discussion about? Um, I mean, I think there, you know, we have a lot of issues here. We have issues with education. We have a lot of issues with sort of how expensive things are getting here, um, lack of jobs, you know, the opportunities, the amount of Puerto Ricans leaving the island. I mean, it, Puerto Rico is sort of becoming a place where only kind of wealthy people can live. Um, it's really a really weird situation, but so much of it has to do with its colonial status. So we understand that um, the media, the media always has its interest. And of course, you know, like, uh, they're never going to really acknowledge that Puerto Rico is a colony. You know, we're sort of these, we've always called each like ourselves, like second class citizens because we're a territory, but we're not really a state. And, and, you know, and I guess, I don't know if the media is sort of like, well, Puerto Rico is sort of like more like, um, at the bottom of the list when it comes to talking about these issues. But I would say that all of these things are, are really important things to really cover. And also like more like hear the voices of Puerto Ricans in the Island and how we're feeling, you know, and not like what, what's that perspective. I think there's a lot of like outside looking in, but there's not so much, you know, reporting and, and really capturing the voices of people that are actually like here in the Island. Yeah. Now t- tell us a little bit about your organization, Prima, how, how it started, um, what, what you all do, and, and is there any way that our listeners can support your work? Yeah, Prima stands for Puerto Rico Independent Musicians and Artists. Um, it's a little nonprofit that I started with, a singer-songwriter, Puerto Rican singer-songwriter, Annie Cordero. And, you know, Hurricane Maria hit, you know, everybody in the States, all Puerto Ricans, 
diaspora Puerto Ricans were kind of, you know, we were going crazy finding ways to help. And I thought, you know, I would love to help my fellow independent musicians. And I got together with Annie and we put it, put up this thing up with a fiscal sponsor and we started uh, just fundraising to send emergency micro grants to independent musicians. You know, people here were like, with no electricity, no water, no communication, months and months on end without venues closed, like no, you know, there was no music anywhere. It was a pretty bad situation. So the organization started to really kind of help with sort of emergency micro grants. But then as it kept going, we've kept sort of supporting local artists through other ways. Like we we did a, a summer sort of prima showcase where we would bring local bands to New York City during LAMC week and give them exposure. We would get them in the press room, sort of expose them whenever they would have new material. So we were able to do that two years in a row. But then this year we got the pandemic, but then we decided to do sort of a virtual event where we would pay artists to sort of upload a virtual video so we've become pretty nimble. I mean, we associate also with like other nonprofits like the Jazz Foundation who also give out emergency grants. And we've been really kind of cross-pollinating and just finding ways to to keep supporting the independent music scene here. It's it's really important. It's so small. You know, the government doesn't really have a music cultural program to give any type of support. So we kind of we wanted to make an organization to really kind of we give them that support and you guys can go on primafund.org and you could read all about like what we're doing. And if anybody wants to donate, it would be much appreciated. It would be great. So we can keep, keep doing this labor. Beautiful. No, thank you. I mean, it's, it's, so essential that we support independent um, artists and the, and the culture or cultural arts, you know, performing arts in during this, this time because it's really been such a tragedy to not be able to perform and we know how much music carry us carries us through right so yeah. it's so great that you're provide you're stepping in to fill that void and, and support um artists in that way so yes listeners please support Brima and we'll we'll make sure that we'll put the show notes we'll put the link to support you in that way thank you well i just want to thank you so much for coming to tamarindo if there is there anything else that you would like our folks to to know uh, how they can get the album yeah i mean listen to regresa i think you won't be disappointed we i think it's it's a whole journey listening it from you should listen it listen to it from beginning to end um it's on all digital platforms Bandcamp. if you want to support that um and all the other big, big platforms. And it would be great if you could also follow us on social media on our channels on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Um, and yeah, you should check us out. I think you'd really like it. <laughs> yes. Thank you very much. Thank you so much. <laughs> thank you. Okay. Enjoy the rest of your day. Have a great day too. Bye. get that Buscabuya album. All right, so shifting now to our Calma segment of the episode. If you're new to Tamarindo, Calma is what we like to call our well-being and self-love segment of the show. Today, we have something extra special for y'all. It's a lesson on accessing your voice and with it, your power. 
Yes. And we've been so inspired by how we've seen so many people in our community tapping into their voice and having the courage to use it the way that they're doing. But we also know how hard it is to do that. Right. And so today we really want to help y'all step into your full potential use your voice the way you're meant to and have the type of impact on the community that you really want to. Right. And a good place to start is if you're one of the, some people, you know, some people really struggle with finding their voice. And if you're one of these people, a good place to start is to think about what is blocking you from using your voice or what is blocking us from using our voice. And and this is often stories that we're telling ourselves. Yes. So many of us tell ourselves stories and these stories are often, they're informed by past experiences or also uh, by thinking about the projecting into the future. So examples of stories from the past are a memory of someone or even society telling you at some point that your voice didn't matter or shouldn't be heard. And I think that for most of us in, in our community, that's something that we've grown up with. No, um, Another example is a, just a, a bad experience that you at one point had using your voice where things didn't go well and, and you might still be hanging on, on to that, right? Is, and then now in, in terms of the future, examples of stories where you're projecting the future are when you're thinking about what's going to happen when you're done, right? Whether it's a presentation or a project, you know, you're thinking about, oh, people are not going to like it. People are not going to support me. They're going to think I'm dumb. This needs to be perfect. And so the key to accessing the most powerful version of our, our voice and really stepping into visibility is relinquishing the power that we are giving to these stories that we're telling ourselves, from our past or about the future. I love the concept of relinquishing power. So to do that, you have to identify what stories are you telling yourself specifically about your voice? Yes. So for me, I'll, I'll, I'll model it for me. And then we'd love for you to, to think about this too. So for me, the stories that I had told myself was that no one wanted to hear me unless I was perfect. And I realized that I had put a lot of extra pressure on myself to be perfect growing up because I had internalized that I was less than for being an immigrant, for being gay, brown, for being a woman. So I had all these things that, you know, I'd been feeling like I was less than. And so I felt like I needed to be perfect to overcompensate and that I had to be perfect to be worthy of, of acceptance and love. So really we want you to start to think about what stories have you been telling yourself about your voice, really reflecting on that. Yeah. And, and as you're speaking, Anna Shayla, I mean, it's, Thinking about Women's History Month, and it's it's so obvious, right, why you might feel this extra pressure to be perfect, because as women, none of us meet, meet that model of who's the perfect person using their voice, because we are told these messages that it's like a cis, straight, white man. Mm -hmm. So, of course, you're going to be telling yourself these stories that you're not fitting into that. Now, um, letting go of those stories, we'll, we tell ourselves is often a long-term goal because we tell ourselves stories not only when we're using our voice, but for anything that we're thinking of doing. So it might be a long-term goal to get rid of these stories, and it takes practice and it takes time. But in the short term, there are some tools that might help in the moment when we're about to use our voice. So, Anna Sheila, what has worked for you? Yeah, so I think a good place to start is to actually write affirmations, or I even want to use the word incantations, because I, I believe words are, are spells that really help us combat these stories that about, about our voice. So 
you know, and, and a lot of times you see those stories manifest even when you're actually literally speaking or they're stopping you from actually taking action, right? So we might not take action. We might freeze in the middle of a speech or lose our train of thought, start to use a lot of filler words, speak too fast. So all of these things might be because these stories are coming in like, oh, I need to get this over with, et cetera. And so as after I realized these are the stories I'm telling myself, now let me write incantations to start to dispel those stories. And so for me, some examples are, and then we'd love for you, if you want to even do this while you're listening, hit pause and, and write your own. So for me, they were, you know, I'm safe. Nothing bad can happen to me. Cause I literally realized that at times I felt, I didn't feel safe speaking. So, you know, people want to listen to me. If I stumble and make mistakes, I'm no less worthy. And beyond that, other people don't define my worth. I define my worth. I'm worthy of love and acceptance for just existing. And then lastly, I'm comfortable in the uncomfortable. So just that acceptance of being like, okay, this is where I am in this moment was so helpful to me. So these are just some examples that I wrote to help me dispel some of those stories. And, and a lot of these might resonate with you, but we encourage you to, to write your own. And then once you have these incantations, pick maybe at one or two that you can actually use in moments when you're really having trouble with your voice. So for me, I'm safe. I'm okay. Was one that I actually used recently. I was doing a live radio show. And as I was hearing the question, I paralyzed, I, I felt paralyzed and I was like, Oh, I don't know what I'm going to say. I don't know what I'm going to say. And then I just reminded myself I'm safe. I'm okay. And then as I said that I calmed down and then I started my answer with the question and then was able to go right into it. So that's just something that, that an example of, of what I've done. And, you know, hopefully some of these resonate with you. Yeah. And, you know, I want to just thank you, Anna Shayla, for giving folks this example and for letting folks know about this, because look at you, you are, you are the host of a podcast, right? Mm -hmm. And you are one of these people that, that has been paralyzed by the thought of using your voice. So if Anna Shayla can do it, you all could do it. And I really want to thank you, Anna Shayla, for sharing with folks some of the strategies that have worked for you. And look at her. She's doing live radio shows, y'all. <laughs> this is amazing. Actually, I'm going to play Matraca for you because I have it. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> so um, to summarize, uh, just some takeaways for everybody. So to summarize, these are some things that you can think about um, when you're about to use your voice. So number one, Think about the stories you tell yourself about your voice and you remind yourself that these are stories. These are not facts. Number two, write down and review words of affirmations, or as Anna Shayla likes to say, these um, spells, basically. Bru brujería. Yes, brujería. <laughs> and I love it. <laughs> exactly. I love that. So write down these affirmations to remind yourself that you are safe and you are worthy no matter what. And I want to emphasize that because even if you stumble, even if you stutter, even if you lose your train of thought. You are worthy no matter what. And then number three, remember your one or two favorite affirmations so that you could just return to them in a moment of panic, right? Um, as Anna Shayla described just yeah. now. And I wanted to add with just one, one thing that you inspired me to, to reflect on is that we know that in order to grow, we need to get out of our comfort zone. However, this can be extra scary, especially as people of color sometimes where we feel like we don't have that many safe spaces, right? So what really helped me was thinking about how can I get out of my comfort zone safely? And that means like getting out of my comfort zone, but having something that helps me get back to safety if I need it. And so, for example, 
I, you know, for a long time struggled with IG lives. Brenda was trying to, to get us to do IG lives and, and I wasn't ready. Right. But what helped me was thinking, okay, well, I'm doing the IG live with Brenda. And so I have someone that's there with me. That's backing me up. I'm going to be okay. So that was a way that I could push myself out of my comfort zone to go live, but have a way to get back to safety. And that way to safety was having a partner. So how can you create ways to really grow by getting out of your comfort zone, but have something that helps you come on, like they're like little pasitos, you know, and that's how you can keep growing rather than it might be hard to go off the deep end, but pasito, pasito, you can keep getting out of your comfort zone. So I just wanted to, to share Love that one it. last thing. Um, well, Brenda, is there any other, any quick other tips that, that have helped you really feel comfortable with your voice? Well, I'm one of these people that hasn't struggled with this at all. But I, as I was thinking about it, I mess up all the time. So I think maybe it just comes intuitively to think about like, yeah, I'm going to mess up and I might stumble and I might stutter and I might say something that I regret, but at the end I'm worthy. And so that resonated with me when I, when I was hearing your tips mm-hmm. And I'm so happy that we're giving folks these tools. And I love this idea of pasitos, right? We're, we're all about pasitos to a better you because we are working on pasitos to a better us. So yes. we want you to come along with us. Yeah. And so the, and the last message we want to leave you with is something that, that someone shared with me is that the message is it's in your corazón, not in your words. And that our voice is, is the vessel for our, our, our corazón. So ultimately the more we can just tap into our heart when we're using our voice, the more that we'll just feel more comfortable. And I've noticed that when I think about that, like really connecting with my heart, it just, it just flows. So think about ways in which you can get back to your heart when you're feeling flustered or whatever it may be. Yes. Wonderful note to end today's episode on. And in fact, I would like to invite you all, and I'm just I'm just throwing this on Anna Shayla, so <laughs> she doesn't know I'm about to tell her to do this. But <laughs> you all know that we launched a editorial section on our website, and there's actually a, a few more tips that we didn't have time to share with you today. So we're gonna go ahead and write up this this whole lesson, mini lesson on using your voice and add those additional tips. And we're going to put that on our editorial page, which is Agua Fresca uh, that we just launched. And I want to make sure that you all know that you can always pitch us if you've got stories to to tell, poetry. We're very open right now because we're just building that out. So reach out to us at contact at tamarindopodcast.com. Thank you all. Tamarindo Podcast is independently produced by Ana Sheila Victorino and Brenda Gonzalez. Jeff DeVoe provides original music and sound engineering, and Michelle Andrade provides editing and production support. Follow us on Instagram at Tamarindo Podcast and at Twitter at Tamarindo Cast. And if you like the show, please write us a review on Apple Podcasts or share the episode with a friend. Get in touch with us at tamarindopodcast.com. Cuando mi arrendador dijo que el alquiler podría ser más barato si fuéramos amigos con beneficios. Había oído hablar de acoso sexual en el lugar de trabajo, pero en mi casa. Eso es discriminación en la vivienda basada en el sexo. La gente de bienes raíces dijo que estaríamos más cómodos viviendo en un vecindario diferente con gente como nosotros. Por suerte conocíamos nuestros derechos. Es ilegal asustar a los posibles propietarios para que se alejen de ciertos vecindarios en función de raza o nacionalidad. Si usted cree que sufrió discriminación o tiene 
preguntas sobre sus derechos, comuníquese con Fair Housing Foundation, Fundación de Vivienda Justa, al 800-446-3247 o también en línea en fhfca.org. La vivienda justa es su derecho. Este es un anuncio de servicio público de Fair Housing Foundation y respaldado por el Departamento de Vivienda y Desarrollo Urbano HUD bajo la subvención de FIPPI, FPEI, 220099.